What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is myself and Sean Coleman giving our recap and review of Full Swing, Netflix's PGA Tour documentary covering last year in golf. This one was a lot of fun to record. We talk about every episode. We talk about what we wish we could have seen, what we're hoping to see next season. Can't wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your pods. ThunderBLG is the handle on Twitter, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram, and subscribe to the podcast, The Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your pods. Baseball is around the corner, so you want to be subscribed for those division previews and regular season coverage. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the golf here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. NFL offseason, not quite time for baseball divisional previews. We're close. We're really close, actually. So, coming up with something new. Talked about it last week. Netflix's full swing covering the PGA Tour. The same as Drive to Survive covering Formula One. So, we're going to talk about that today. And joining me, you can hear him in the background. Good friend of mine, good friend of the podcast, and a good golfing buddy. Sean Coleman, welcome back. How you doing? Oh, thanks for having me again, Jordy. Always a pleasure. Oh, yeah. So, Sean, we obviously, we were talking about the show while we were both watching it. Eight episodes, and the first run, I feel like, was pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed it. I thought episode one was a little dry. Um, yeah. Maybe it was the people they had chosen. But it, it just got better and better and better. And for the, the golfing addicts like you and I, and like you said, with the Eagles season coming to an end and the Philly season is on its way, like it definitely filled a nice gap. It absolutely did. And yeah, I think that's, I don't know if we need to go episode by episode, maybe just like a quick synopsis of it, but just talk our general thoughts, kind of to give you the listener the idea of what we're going to, what we're going to do and kind of things we liked we didn't like we wish we saw we hope for for the second season and all that sort of stuff and if i do compare a little too much to drive to survive i apologize in advance if you haven't watched that go ahead and do that i will tell you right now i was not a formula one fan before i watched that and now my wife and i wake up for formula one races we watch the first couple laps take a nap and then watch the end of the race it's a great way to spend a sunday morning with you and those you love so that's my that's my pitch, and the show is awesome. Fifth season just came out today. We were watching that before we started recording this podcast. But full swing. You mentioned it. The first episode is Spieth and Thomas, and it's called Frenemies. And you said it. It was kind of boring. A good friend of ours and a, another friend of the program, Bill Mosh, he does not do sports. He does to a certain degree, but he doesn't do golf. I was trying to follow in the footsteps, Sean, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, of Claire Rogers, who I believe works for 
either Golf Digest or Golf.com. Her sister, who doesn't watch golf, was live tweeting it to or live uh, note tapping it to her, and she'd post it. So I had Bill do that for the first episode. And some of what he had was great. But he, he said to me at the end of it, it was really boring. And I had to tell him that the episodes cover different people. And, yeah, I think you're right in saying maybe it was the people they picked because – well, we can we'll get to the some of the other guys they covered. At least the the ones that only have birds chirping in their brains, we can put that way, that are in later episodes. <laughs> At least they had some drama to them. But Jordan Yeah, Spieth, there, there was authenticity. These ones they just picked two country club babies who were playing cards and never really had to face any true adversity. Yeah. Um, I know, like, Spieth, obviously, in his career, like, went through his drought, and he's now had, like, a nice resurgence. But when compared to, like, what Brooks is going through, what Tony Finau went through, then you just see Justin Thomas, whose grandfather was a club pro, whose father was a club pro, who is, like, he's he's kind of been – had the silver spoon his entire career. And Jordan Spieth, like, they're just two very – for the first episode of something that's – to us, kind of revolutionary because we've never seen something like it before. Yeah. To choose two of the most vanilla people to kind of represent golf when you have so many other personalities. More, yeah, it, it just it was kind of a head scratcher. But hey, I mean, it, it got better. So, I think part of it is is the name brand recognition, right? Like you want you save Rory for the last episode and. With everything that happened last year, that was the good choice, and obviously him winning the FedEx Cup. Like, it all kind of fit that way. But Spieth and Thomas, I think, are names that people know, and especially the fact that they interlaced Ricky Fowler. They used him a lot throughout the series, but using him as their buddy, which one of the, the first viral tweets from this was, you know, imagine not knowing anything about golf, and all you learn about Ricky Fowler is friend of Spieth and Thomas, 127th in the world. Yeah. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> really? I mean, not to, not they, to jump on a leader. If they this documentary 10 years ago, he would yeah. have been like the, the face of it. Well, I was going to say not to jump on a, on a topic for later, but if Ricky Fowler, like he's kind of floated around in some of the tournaments recently, if he gets close to winning, he's going to have a Joel Damon type episode next year. You got to think at least. I mean, it would, it would definitely, that would definitely happen. I mean, he was a guy, the U S open at Marion. I think I've told the story on the podcast before, but I got my stepdad's member there and I got tickets to the U S open for graduating from college and everybody was decked out in the bright Oklahoma state orange and all that shit. He was so popular for so long. He's still my wife's favorite golfer because of that recognition. So like using him and using those types of players like Spieth and Thomas, I feel like, from a idea standpoint was a good idea, but from the execution, I think you're right. They're just so vanilla. And I think probably part of it is, is how close Justin Thomas is to tiger of just Mm -hmm. keeping the cards close to the vest quite literally at certain points in the episode. But I don't know. (laughs) It just, it did like, you know, you have them taking the PGA to go do the practice round of the PGA. I did think, and, and I was, kind of trying to use drive to survive as a reference point. But the fact that Jordan Spieth wins the RBC and then they have all the PGA stuff and they show JT winning that. I thought that was really interesting. Not on like a, Oh, look at a guy winning a major. Cause 
they cover the playoff, and then obviously later they cover Mito, which I thought, you know, good that they're doing like personal episodes and all this stuff. But that would have been cool to have the juxtaposition of their because of, of those two and at least their thoughts throughout the tournament. But yeah, like those deeper those deeper story arcs are like interesting to people like you and I. But when they're also filling it with on-screen things like this is what a birdie is, this yeah. is what par is, like it just there was kind of a little bit of a disconnect. And I think that, like I said, that first episode just had to kind of take the bullet. I think what's what's comparatively to Drive to Survive, from what I remember of season one, season one they kind of just jumped in. They jump in on the first race of the year in Australia, and they never really explain how the season works. Which they don't totally explain here, but at least, like, good for them for explaining, like, if you really don't know anything about golf, here's what the scoring is. But they don't explain, yeah, they don't they, really explain the FedEx Cup. And I guess, like, kind of taking a step back, my anticipation of the show was that they filmed it at the Masters, at the PGA, the U.S. Open, and the Open, and then the FedEx Cup. So I thought that it would be kind of linear that way. So I guess backtracking to me saying it was interesting seeing them show Jordan Spieth winning the RBC and then the PGA is that they jump over a lot of the season. And I was expecting like, Oh, we're only getting Augusta. We're only getting uh Southern Hills for the PGA. We're only getting the, the country club. So them having like the RBC stuff was cool, but then you have one of the, the many journalists that pops on there and he goes, you know, it's really great to get an early season victory. I even said immediately to Emily, and I double-checked this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this tournament is the week after the Masters. It still is. Even after them changing the PGA Tour schedule, it's still the week after the Masters. So it's around the halfway mark of the year. And that's if you're being generous of saying the Tournament of Champions in, in January is the starting point, which it eventually will be, but currently is not with the wraparound schedule. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. It was, I, I think you're right. I think episode one, it laid the groundwork. It had, it had a little bit of a burden to bear of kind of, Hey, if you're completely new to golf, here's the deal. Here's some interesting characters who have young, talented, have won some stuff. I just think calling it frenemies and having that be your premiere episode comparatively to episode two was such a, it, it was a choice. A poor choice. <laughs> yeah, it was a choice. Because yeah, episode two is Scheffler and Kepka, and, and that Ke- was just incredible. It, it was, was like awesome. it was almost like it was like a different director. <laughs> it, yeah, it almost was. It was like it was. It was like the difference between like the first and second thirty for thirty, and although I think the first thirty for thirty is the Gretzky one, which is pretty good. But anyway, um, I think another part of it, and another happy shock to me was that they show the waste management and they show both of them there. And they do that with some of these players and that are focused on the two episodes of showing their positions in the leaderboard and where they're going and all this stuff. But with this one, with both of them being at the top of the waste management, obviously later in in the series, they go to Saith Thagala and his whole story with the waste management and everything there. But I think that was the way you should have let off with it. The party mm-hmm. tournament, especially right after that tournament occurred, would have probably been maybe a, maybe a more right way to go. And I don't mean to be critical about like so critical about this because I really did enjoy the show. 
But it is like once you get through the first couple episodes, it really is banger after banger after banger. Really, four through eight are all awesome. Mm-hmm. I will say the only thing I was looking forward to, I thought like the they made it seem like they were really going to punch up the whole live versus PGA dynamic. Yeah, they did. They really didn't dig that deep. No. It was kind of just like, and here's live. And like, I thought they'd really go into like detail. Like it was more like personal stuff than yeah. it was with, and it's like, Hey, whatever, that's a choice. That's cool. But it was nice to hear like the live players take on things. Like, I know you'll probably dig into that too. No, that that's a really good point. And it's, like, it was nice, like, they really, they, like, kind of dig into it in episode eight, but they really gave it the, the yada, yada, yada of, like, Dustin Johnson saying he wanted to be around his kids more, Brooks Kepka saying, I wanted the money, Ian Poulter saying, I wanted the money, <laughs> and then, like, Rory is the voice of the PGA Tour, and they talked a little bit about the players only meeting Tiger hosted, and I think what was, what was weird in how they presented it was like they end episode two on the cliffhanger of oh brooks are you gonna join live and like kind of the the coy smile from him and then episode five which you and i have talked about one of the better episodes matt fitzpatrick winning the the u.s open they end with like like brooks getting flustered that he was being asked about live like he hadn't joined live yet which is something i thought like of creative withholdings that the show decided to use to to try mm-hmm. to build the live versus PGA tour narrative. Like they tried to make it like all these guys that left for live did it at once, which wasn't the case. And I also, which this was, which this is something that was good about it. I forgot that cam Smith left after the FedEx cup. I thought he left right after he won the open. Yeah. It was a, it was a little bit like people were kind of waiting on bated breath. <laughs> yeah. It was very interesting, but like, yeah, the, the Kepka stuff was a good – it was a good it showing of struggle him. Of it just shows the struggle and what yeah. he went through. He he went from, like, obscurity and on, on the Asian tour, cutting his teeth, to making it on the PGA tour and having all the confidence in the world and then losing that confidence. And instead of, like, fighting it, like, they just show him in his living room with his dog and Jenna Sims, like, kind of putzing around yeah. and – Instead of showing him like on the range, grinding, fixing it. And then he's like, eh, you know what? Screw it. I can't beat Scotty Scheffler. I'm just going to go join Liv and take the money. Yeah, like, exactly. As opposed to Dustin Johnson, who was more or less, you know what? It Like he had the perfect description. He's like, at your job, if someone was going to pay you more money to do less work and come into the office less, wouldn't you do it? Like that made just all the sense in the world. Like not all these – like – Rory stands on a soapbox and he's like, these guys are wrong. But it's like, you know what, Rory? Not everyone's sponsored by Nike and doing commercials with Tiger and as good as you. So, like, a lot of these guys have to take it where they can get it to change their lives. And I like like that dynamic. I want to hear more about that. Yeah. And I think kind of on the the Live PGA uh, discussion – now that we have the live players in all four majors this year, there's rumblings of a live PGA showdown, which they need to do. Cause it they, would be huge. <laughs> it would be incredible to see. And you know, it'd be really, it, it's going to be weird seeing how they decide to cover it because you've had more guys 
like Mito Pereira, who they cover in, I think it's episode seven. Mm-hmm. He, the day after this came out, this came out a week ago. It came out on February 15th. On February 16th, he announced he was going to live. And I thought it was interesting. They didn't even show Joaquin Neiman's like really focus, or like really featured on that episode. He's not a, you know, the character cause it's him and Tagala, but he's like always right around Pereira. They show him and even Carlos Ortiz, who also went to live. And it's yeah, like good they're all, buddies. They're all from Chile, right? Or Argentina? I, th- I think Carlos Ortiz is, he's from, I don't think he's from Chile, but he's from, maybe he's Argent, Argent, an Argentine, Argentinian. But he's, mm-hmm. I think he's from a different Latin America country. But they show them, and they don't even point out that they went to live. So part of me thinks, and the fact that we got more live coverage, and, like that we got coverage more outside of the, the seven tournaments I thought we were getting. Like, we get Joel Damon, and not to step on that episode, but we get his, like, U.S. Open qualifying and all that. It makes me think that season two might have a live component to it, which I would be interested in seeing. Like, I have zero interest in watching live on UPN, or whatever the hell the channel's called. But I'd be interested oh, in... CW? In, yeah, CW, thank you. Um, UPN is what it used to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, guess my age. But, um, yeah, but... I would be interested in hearing more from them because while Dustin Johnson usually has the Tweety Birds going off in his brain, you're right. He, every once in a while, uses the six brain cells that he has left after all the booze and cocaine to put together a good reason to do something. Yeah, it's like, do you think Wayne Gretzky is going to give anyone bad advice who's married to his daughter? That maybe, (laughs) that was one of the, to me, was one of the funniest things of Paulina, who they bring in... They bring in Jenna Sims to talk in episode two and like they, they don't even cover that she was a college soccer player. It's just like, oh yeah, like he's doing really great and all this. And it's like, you know, like let's get a background. Like you have an awesome sports background. I'd like to hear like that talk through both competitors and stuff like that. Like there definitely was a lot of meat left on the bones of, of their relationship. But then Paulina comes in and is like, oh yeah, like Dustin really wants to be around the kids. And my dad played hockey. And then they just show the picture of Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, they don't even acknowledge I, that it's Wayne. So I gotta imagine someone who doesn't know who Paulina is is like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, and I think the only reason they gave Paulina more airtime is because she was a better speaker. Because yeah. if you listen to Jenna Sims, it it make you want to just turn the television off because she is such a poor speaker. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but I, I did think comparatively. To drive to survive, where they basically only go into the drivers. Sometimes they have family members like around that give like little sound bites, but like not in a confessional type of setting. I thought it was cool that they had like the wives and they had like different family members sit in and, and actually give their thoughts instead of just like being on camera while someone's making food or someone's on the driving range being like, yeah, you know, I really hope he plays well today. No, like they actually had Meredith Scheffler sit down and give yeah. a give a take, or Joel Damon's wife. I'm for, excuse me for forgetting her name, but the fact that we actually got to like hear from her and not just her giving Joel shit in the gym was really great. I thought. Is it any coincidence that all the non-trophy wives were all the most interesting characters? Tony Finau's wife, uh, Joel Damon's wife, Joel, Tony Finau's whole family. Yeah, 
Scotty Scheffler's wife, like they were all extremely interesting. Yeah. And then you got Brooks's trophy wife and Dustin's trophy wife, and you're just like, okay, I get it. Mia Pereira's <laughs> wife is really nice too. I thought. Yeah, um, and uh, listening to just like the parents of it too, like I mean, we've heard a lot out of Justin Thomas's dad whenever they play in the um, the PNC together. Yeah, but um, just hearing that was one of the more interesting parts of that episode. Just hearing what he had to say because. I mean, it's that that's been their entire life. That is actually a really good point. And I kind of for, I forgot about that and some of the more like slice of life parts of the episode of like JT goes to CVS and his card isn't working. Like, yeah, that was funny. That kind of stuff. That was funny. And like, I think the fact that that episode was comparatively to it and that we had so many more great moments like Tony's family waiting at the whatever airport in Utah with all the stuff and they're going nuts and they're giving Tony the, the lay and all that. Like that was really cool. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I just, man, that first, the first episode, Bill, if you're listening to this, just keep watching. It gets a lot better. Keep watching Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so we've glossed over it. It's, we talked about a little about live. We've said his name. Maybe they, I guess episode three is probably the place to stash away the Ian Poulter content, right? Yeah. He is uh, one of the more boring, but still kind of interesting episodes. I mean, he's always been, he's like one of those players. And this this episode did nothing to make me think anything a little before our time. Like we were never really Ian Poulter's time. So it's kind of like, I don't really feel a connection there to even be really interested in him. And he seems like he's a good family man, but yeah, he does. That's fair, but he's so much of a family man. And I had to say this to Emily while we were watching the episode of things I knew they weren't going to cover, but such greatest hits tweets as, Oh, Virgin airlines. My children's first class meal was undercooked. Hey, Ferrari. (laughs) My third car, it doesn't work. I need another Ferrari. Yeah, fuck you, Ian Poulter. Yeah, what Jordy said. Yeah. Fuck you, Ian Poulter. Well, everybody like <laughs> pointing out, like, oh, man, they all take the PJs. I was like, yeah, but we need to talk about how often Ian Poulter takes the PJs. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate that guy. And they do cover it a little bit of him being, like, the Ryder Cup villain and all that stuff. And him being like, oh, the Ryder Cup means a ton to me. Does it bear shit in the woods if I like the Ryder Cup and all that? I wish they would have leaned a little more into like that he almost lost his tour card and that he'd never won an event on U.S. soil and all this kind of stuff. Like instead, it really was like to your point of they were really trying to build up the live PGA stuff, mm-hmm. and this seemed like they were trying to use Ian Poulter to really build it up because this is where we got some good live content right in this episode, and instead it all kind of falls flat because then he. He doesn't really appear at all because he doesn't play in the majors and he shows up at the end of the, of the season to, you know, have a sound bite. Like he's a guy that maybe they try to bring back for season two of like a, where are they now kind of guy. And maybe like if there's a live centric episode, like him and some of the other dudes, like, like a Brendan grace show up and like, yeah, we left the tour cause we're kind of old and you know, we kind of, we wanted to take the cash grab kind of thing. Here's our, Here's how our lives are, kind of story. But I, I don't know. I think to your point of we're a little, we're a little too young for him. Even though I like, I remember him in the I think mainly from Ryder Cups. But 
that's it. That's the only <laughs> time I ever remember that guy. Yeah. Like, I give no shit about his stupid haircuts or his flamboyant pants. Like, the guy I, as soon as that episode came on, I was looking at my phone more than I was looking at Ian Poulter. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, of different guys that went to live, good riddance. Him and Kevin Nahn. Yeah. Kevin Nahn is fucking U.S. <laughs> Open. The rough's too long. It's the U.S. Open. What the hell do you think? <laughs> Hit the fairway. <laughs> yeah, hit the fairway. It's not that hard. I do it 15% of the time. Maybe less. Maybe less than 10%. My driver sucks. Anyway, episode four, imposter syndrome. This in episode five really is where the show, it hits the groove. Joel Damon and his caddy. This, like I had gotten texts from my cousin about, Matt Fitzpatrick in episode five, and I'm thinking, oh, my cousin's a Northwestern golfer. So he's texting me because, you know, and NW strong and all that. And that episode was great. But this one, Joel Damon just seems like the fucking man. Yeah, because he doesn't he he's not pretending to be somebody he's not. He's just like your your average everyday guy who loves golf but just has more talent in his pinky than any of us have in our whole body. And the way they cover it. And the way they explain it and show, like, what's holding him back and how we can get better, it's just very interesting. I think the stuff of the caddy, too, of showing, like, that Gino was also a really good high school golfer. It just really emphasizes the point of how great caddies in general, but especially PGA Tour caddies are just in general of the game of golf, because they have to be the psychiatrist, but they also, when push comes to shove and they're telling these guys and they're telling us, right? Like, like regular old Saturday sandbaggers taking a caddy of like, you should try to hit this shot. They know what the fuck they're talking about. And I think it did a really good service to, you know, something I feel like a lot of people take for granted. And, you know, I'm, I'm not just saying it's cause I caddied in high school, but it's like, it, it's, Something that I feel like you just think like, oh, it's some guy that's carrying the bag and, you know, you see him in the, the jumpsuits at Augusta and all this and it doesn't really matter. No, it matters a ton. And to get that perspective, I thought was so cool. And the fact that they're like actually really good friends and like they're yeah. joking around, like giving each other shit <clears throat> and being like, he might fire me, even though he's just completely fucking around for the cameras. It was just so awesome. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy that dynamic and how much he just like obviously he needs Joel to win or he doesn't get paid um, or doesn't get paid as much, but just how much he's pulling for him and his family, they're, it, it's like a really good relationship they have. And I think it, it means just as much to Joel as it, as it did to the, to the caddy. Um, what was a better part of that episode? Joel Damon uh, with the... Netflix cut this, cut this, or the Gino being like, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that he had three seltzers at the turn, but uh, he was definitely boozing. (laughs) Uh, I think the second there, but I also liked him not giving a shit in the gym. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. And yeah, we talked about before of his, of his wife just completely outworking him in there. And you're thinking like, oh, this is fun. We get to see her like fucking around with him. And then she gets like her whole story with it. And it was like fun to see that. And obviously the backstory of Joel Damon is just insane and really sad. But 
she got to be the one to provide that color, which I thought was so cool to add a third dimension to his life. It's not just, Mm -hmm. hey, these two guys, like, almost like in fucking Tin Cup with Kevin Costner and Cheech. Like, no, like, this is a full fucking person, and this is his whole life. And, like, they're having the baby and all this stuff. I thought it was really cool. Maybe maybe part of that's I'm I'm also an expecting father, even though their kid's already born. But I I don't know. It's it's fun stuff. It's fun stuff. You're going to be a great dad, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't meant we did not mention though, because I mentioned this on last week's show of about the second episode with Scheffler and showing Augusta. We'll get back to it because they show it a little more, but God, how awesome are the shots at Augusta? It's magic, dude. It's just every every shot looks like a painting. I was afraid that was all, all the only content we'd get. And I'm not I don't mean to jump over the Matt Fitzpatrick episode. I'm glad we got a lot more of it with Tony Finau. For the Fitzpatrick episode, it's Fitzpatrick and DJ. We mentioned DJ and Paulina. We get like maybe the most personality I think I've ever seen out of Dustin Johnson, which I thought yeah, was, he was really he was, great. He was definitely candid. It was it was a breath of fresh thought, air to see from him. Who who would have thought an episode with Dustin Johnson and Paulina Gretzky that Matt Fitzpatrick was the more interesting? <laughs> <laughs> I think with like, the incredible. Fitzpatrick stuff. I'm glad they covered that he won the U.S. Amateur there. And, like, they have the yeah. stuff with his brother. And then nine years later, he wins the uh, U.S. Open there. Yeah. I'm glad they mentioned that. Because, like, they kept showing the tournament. And I'm saying to myself, like, when are they going to say it? When are they going to point mm-hmm. out that he won the Amateur? And, like, two seconds later, it's on it's on my television screen. But it was so cool to relive that round. Because comparatively, mm-hmm. like... And I guess this kind of goes back to why episode one landed a little flat is that without the, like they show Mito's ball go in the water, but they didn't show the full round until we really get to this episode where they show Matt Fitzpatrick in the final group at the PGA. And then later with Mito of like a lot of the color. And in this one, because it was so focused and they showed Joel Damon in the, in the previous episode, but you know, he finished like what seventh. So it wasn't a part of the drama. This one really, I feel like, did a good job of showing like everything in that final round, including a lot of stuff that I forgot. I forgot that Fitzpatrick had the previous sand shot before the sand shot on 18. So it was fun mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah, it was good to relive that. And I'm actively just going to follow Matt Fitzpatrick now more. I mean, I've, I've always, we all know like he's a great golfer, but after watching this, I'm, I'm, gonna just pay a little more attention like i oh, yeah. kind of pay attention to like max homa because he's like a good pe- personality yeah pay attention to rory because we've grown up with him and pay attention to like jt because he's just he's he's always in contention but like i think matt fitzpatrick has definitely added to my list of people same with joel damon yeah who i'm just gonna pay attention to more now and just give more credit to well i so i forgot to mention this with joel damon Golf Digest that I happened to notice from like a month ago. Joel Damon's on the cover. So big come-ups for Joel. And then Matt Fitzpatrick, I mentioned it before. My cousin played golf Northwestern. He was He's older than us, so and we're older than Matt Fitzpatrick. But the he always talked about him, so I always like kind of kept an eye on him. And I don't know, I, I don't know why, because I didn't put two and two together that he won the amateur at the country club until after the tournament started. But I threw five bucks on him before the tournament. 
It's one of my only golf features that's really paid off. So a little pat on the mm-hmm. back for me. But you're right. He is a guy that like you're like, and this is what the point of the show is, is that these guys that were actually getting to see their personality, you want to care about them. And I think like we're building to the, who do we want to see in <clears throat> season two and who, who will they build around? What do we expect out of it and all that? But now looking at tournaments and when guys are playing, they might be a guy that you want to pick for your one and done league or your, you know, your majors pools, your Calcutta's, whatever, you know? And I think it's, That's doing a great a, point. it's doing a really good job of that, of, you know what? Like reminding you of this guy battled in that many majors last year. Cause I think to go all the way back to Ricky and talking about that of if all you know is that Jordan Spe- he's Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas's buddy that he went to, went on vacation with and ranked 127th in the world you have no idea about all the second place major finishes in a row that Ricky had or the picture at the Ryder cup before he met his wife and all that stuff. So like the fact that these guys at least get some kind of spotlight is awesome. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely awesome. You're right. It just adds so many fun things to just being a golf fan. Like you said, whether it's gambling stories, everything, it it makes it, it just, it just adds more. It absolutely does. Well, let's keep moving. I think episode six might be my favorite. And that might be because I've been a big Tony Finau fan for a while. And I've become a big Colin Moore Cal fan after he won the PGA. But man, this episode was done so right. It really was. They they pulled on all the heartstrings. They had the guy who's been cutting his teeth for so long and finally broke through like the way we all know he can versus the guy who, as soon as he arrives is just kind of winning right away. He's still hungry. It was just so there was never a moment you, you weren't watching. It was just so incredible. It really was. And like both were so hungry. Like I love the fact that they leaned into and we haven't mentioned Amanda Balionis Brenner yet and how she's been used throughout the entire series, which I'm glad they did because in drive to survive, they have like one journalist they use. He doesn't really appear at all. Cause he's just, he's not on the broadcast. He's just there and having Amanda on the show. It feels weird referring to her as just Amanda, not Amanda Balionis Brenner or Amanda Renner as she's on, as she is on the show with her married name. Um, but having her in, in cutting into the CBS broadcasts and all that was so cool. And then they cut to her with the confessional saying, well, the weird thing about golf is that as soon as someone wins, we look for reasons to shoot him down. And it was so perfect of that Tony wins the next week in Detroit. And just showing that and having, like, you're exactly right, having the heartstrings, like his kids were there. And these kids were at the first one. They weren't at the second one. We mentioned the airport scene with his whole family. His aunt, who immediately is like, Netflix, over here. This is what we're doing. And just like, is owning the entire scene. And then them all on the tarmac. They're partying. It was so cool just to see all that. And like, juxtaposed to Colin, who you mentioned, like, they show the major wins. They show him like grinding through the year. And you still, like, instead of having, like, this hero villain, they're both heroes. And it was both both of them were built up so well 
and I just I walked away from that episode just so excited. We we banged out the last three episodes, this seven and eight, all in a row. And as much as I love Rory, Rory's my favorite golfer, and like the lasting images of the of the series, this I think this is my favorite episode. Yeah, I mean, it had. It, it, I had no problems with it. It had everything you could be looking for, and you're right. Like, just his – Tony Finau's family being, like, such a giant part of, like, who he is and what he's done from him practicing in a garage. Hitting oh, yeah. Balls against that the scene with him and his yeah, dad? Was, they're looking at so the house. Cool. I mean, that's They just awesome. show you. Not everyone's, like, some little – not everyone's some silver spoon – uh, or I don't know what the saying is. Um, Silver Spoon works. Uh, yeah, like Silver Spoon Country Club baby, and he had to like, and then he was on the big break, which people probably they don't even, don't even know. Big break, yeah, I know, right? They didn't and bring then, back the big break. Played, that show was awesome. Great show, and 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 then he became who he is, and his and his mom passing away is like a huge driving force for him, and his family—they're just so incredibly close. Um, it was, it really lets you, it gives you a good look into Tony's life and he doesn't disappoint. Like we all, everyone knows Tony Finau is a great guy from exactly. just what they see. It's just during the smile. Tournament. The smile. Yeah, yeah man. Is, is he Samoan just like the rock? Um, yeah, he's, I think he's half Samoan. I think he's half black, half Samoan. Okay. That's why I think his wife it. said exactly what his ethnic breakdown was, but I think that's what it is. Well, whatever it is, they they are a hell of a family, man. So together, oh, yeah. so just they all care so much for him. It, yeah. it was great, and it was yeah. It's just it was fucking. Awesome. I love that guy. I mean, he was a guy who I think he, I think the the win of the three M was the, the first non Puerto Rico Open. Which they don't mention the Puerto Rico Open, and this is something I wish they, this is something I wish they did, and I hope they do for season two, is that they maybe not necessarily acknowledge the Puerto Rico curse. For those that don't know, what I'm getting after is they show the match play in the Ian Poulter episode. That's a that's a tournament I think they need to do a whole episode on because that tournament mm-hmm. is awesome. Right in the middle of March Madness, it's right when we're all bracketing everything, sodas, beers, whatever, and golf does a bracket. And it's really cool. But there's a tournament against it, the Puerto Rico Open, and Tony Finau won that. And there was a unspoken curse of people that won that tournament didn't win anywhere else. And he went, you know, obviously wins two in a row. They show it on the, on the show. And he has that, and he has at the Masters where he's in the par three contest, has the hole-in-one, and twists his ankle. Like, for my oh, like, yeah, remember that? run, people were texting me be like, I got I got to get off of Tony Finau now, and then he plays, and I think he shot like five under in the first round. Yeah, and it was you know he's just such a likable dude, and so is Colin. And like we're yeah. like we're not trying to take anything away from Colin. It's just that's how big of a personality Tony is, and they nailed his personality and showing him and showcasing him so well on that episode. Yeah, one quiet little part that was so good. He was like, "So I'm playing with Tiger at Augusta." And uh, it's first time I'm playing with him. And I'm like, so how are your kids? And he's like, they're good. And then he walks. He starts walking ahead of me. And he's like, at that moment, I knew he was in the zone. He didn't want to talk. So I left him be. (laughs) (laughs) I was cracking up. I was like, I don't even know Tiger Woods. But I was like, oh, typical Tiger. Yeah, typical Tiger. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, that's when they go back to Augusta. They're like, the only other Augusta footage we get is Tiger winning the 
is Tiger winning the Masters in 2019? And we just get images of Tony Finau being in his group for it. Yeah, remember that? It was like him and Brooks. Like, there were so many people who were right there. I mean, I will say one of the best things about this, and kind of going back to the Matt Fitzpatrick point of remembering shots that you don't necessarily remember, outside of Masters highlights, and this crosses over with the other highlights I watch, mainly it's Tiger Woods highlights that I go look up on YouTube. You know, it's yeah. Augusta and or Tiger Woods. And yeah. it's just fun that we're getting to relive those moments. And like, that's obviously what we do in episode seven, where we get two heartbreak stories. We get Scythe Gala, which you like heard the story during the waste management and having to relive those final couple holes for him, which is tough. Cause it was something of like this underdog story might do it. And it's overshadowed by the fact that it was Scotty's first win on the tour. And then Scotty wins again and again and wins the masters and then the Mito at the PGA. Mm. I mean, I, I, you know. Heartbreak Hotel. Heartbreak Hotel. You know, it's just money, but I, I did have him in that. And, you know, I still won my pool of where I picked players, but, man, it would have been nice to cash that future. <laughs> but, it like, we mentioned it before. If they showed him with Joaquin Neiman and with Carlos Ortiz. And it was just an interesting... Like, they juxtaposed most characters, except for Joel Damon and his caddy, and to a certain degree, Rory, although it was Rory versus Liv, really, in the last episode. But this one I thought was interesting, because he brought personality to it, his wife brought a lot of personality, and then, like, showing the other humanizing side of this entity that, you know, in all intents and purposes, Liv being run by the Saudis and everything, like, not great, but showing them with you know, the, the human side of them, I, I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, episode seven, I don't really know if there's much else to talk about outside of that. Because they show Thagala's family, I thought that was really cool. Actually, one of the really cool ones was the gym teacher who pops up in the middle of the waste management with the Thagala jersey on. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, that that was actually pretty sick. Yeah. Which I was at that tournament and like we we walked around with him a little bit because I think he played with Brooks in the first two days, so I think we were following. Yeah, because they were bit. they were showing Brooks a lot. Yeah, he definitely played with Brooks at the end because Brooks was right there. He was like in striking. He might. I'm, I'm mixing a bachelor party days of a bachelor party together, which never goes well. But um, yeah, episode seven's really good. I think if Mito had stayed on the tour. You know, maybe he becomes a personality, but Thigala, I think, won over the hearts of a lot of people. I do think, kind of going back to this, you can't show every tournament, but Thigala had more heartbreak moments in 2022 that I wish to, like, really pull at the heartstrings. They would have shown a couple more of those to really just show, like, this guy, this is the road he took, and this is, like, this is what he's fucking working for. And he's getting so close. Root for him in 2023. Mm-hmm. But I, it brings us to the episode titled Everything Has Led to This. Which, Sean, do you know where that title came from? Where did it come from? I'm, I feel like I know, but I feel like you're going to... I noticed this. I noticed this at the beginning of the episode. They showed it 
it was a phrase that they had on one of the fences at the open. Oh, oh at yeah, St. Andrews. that's right. Yeah. Which it makes it sound like they're talking about the FedEx Cup. And mm-hmm. so this is going back to the, the episode one, explaining what a birdie, what an eagle, what a par is, and all of that. This is about the FedEx Cup, and it's about the end of the season, and they do the same thing Drive to Survive does, where it checks quickly back in with everybody that we met throughout the season. So you get sound bites from everybody, except for Scotty. You get a little sound bite of him at the at the very end because it's him versus Rory, right for the for the cup. I wish though that they expanded on how the FedEx Cup works because. They don't really I don't think explain... there's enough time in the episode, Shorty. <laughs> that's a good point. And, and that's something that's that's brought up, too, of that there was apparently 6,000 minutes of footage that they just didn't use. Why not have 10 episodes? Why not have a tournament focus episode or something like that? Or something like... Fo- like, remember how good the other two events in the playoffs were? Especially the first one that went to the playoff and we had the bouncing off yeah. the wall bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, you could have really done an episode, like, about the BMW at Wilmington and all of that. And, like, I guess, like, with not without having Tiger in it to really expand on that. And, like, Rory was pretty hush-hush about it aside from the press conference at the show, which I think we should circle back to. Because we've, kind of, we've danced around the live conversation. We've talked about it a little bit. But I think it really does – it's apropos to the upcoming major season. But – I wish they explained the FedEx Cup a little more. And hopefully they they kind of do. It, it's a little complicated with, like, now with featured events and majors and all that kind of stuff of how the points work. But at least explain the basis of it and that there's playoffs and people yeah. get cut and all that stuff. Because it really was glossed over of, like, oh, yeah, the top 30 are here and they start in a staggered start and all this stuff. And, like, one thing that I thought was a little strange was they imply Tiger's win in 2018 was that he won the FedEx Cup when he didn't. He – it's literally the reason why they changed to the staggered start is because Tiger didn't Tiger didn't win the FedEx Cup. It was like he had – if he eagled the hole instead of birdied the 18th hole or birdied it instead of parted it, he wins. But because he yeah. parted it, that's why he came in second to Justin Rose. Like, I forgot like, all about that. That's how that. it happened. Yeah, it was like literally like Tiger like hit the corner of a bunker, and if he had hit the green, then like the FedEx Cup was all all but his. But because he was in the bunker, he had to like chip out and then make the putt and all that stuff. And like, I like you don't need to dive into that because like they show with Rory too, and I thought this was funny that they showed his Open Championship win in 2014 after his PGA win. And this is real golf nerd shit, but, like, the PGA used to be in August, and they don't acknowledge, like, hey, yeah, and you don't really need to acknowledge, like, hey, we moved the FedEx Cup because of football, but you moved the FedEx Cup because of football. So, like, kind of explain, like, how golf has tried to get modernized, because they show Rory doing the shit with the virtual golf and him doing the clinic with the kids and all that and being like, I want to leave golf in a better place than I found it. So I guess maybe show like what the tour has also done outside of reactionary stuff to live. Does that make any sense? No, it, it makes a hundred percent sense. I, I, I would enjoy that. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like 
it might be boring, but still, like, I guess, like, bring in the players, like, commentary about it. Because, like, I don't know, they really, like, I feel like a lot of the, the stuff, like, a lot of that kind of stuff they glossed over in terms of, like, yeah. how to modernize golf, make it more inclusive and all that kind of stuff, which is, I think, stuff that a lot of golfers want. They don't want golf to go away because of this, that, and the other thing, you know? And I don't know. It's it's something that I feel like season two, maybe they try to, you know. Yeah, they'd probably just have to, like, dance around it with. Yeah, there's they, political they just stuff, need to be careful. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the PGA is doing a, a gigantic favor. Or a, I don't even know if it's a favor, but they're they're working, they're playing nicely together to give us something we've never gotten before. So yeah. it may come off as almost like a pseudo bash if they question some of some of that stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But I think yeah. So they showed Rory winning the FedEx Cup, and that was great. And like you got some some real Rory cut and loose moments, like when he's getting stressed or stretched out and being like, "Yeah, I hope this makes it." hope you don't cut this fuck you phil and all that i thought that was pretty cool and then the they show tiger texting him i think though that brings up the the question was tiger woods necessary for this and would he be a good fit for a future season oof i mean i how how much i think he'd need a full season just to himself (laughs) Yeah, that's probably that's probably the answer. Is that you'd want a season <laughs> that I, of? That I'd watch every minute. <laughs> yeah, but I guess like that's part of it. Is that in this episode we hear about the players only meeting they did when he flew into Philly. He goes down to the BMW in Wilmington and has the meeting, and we don't totally get that aspect of it. That Tiger is this ever looming presence and it obviously we can never experience what PGA tour players experienced in the two thousands when tiger was winning a major or was in the hunt for a major, but it almost felt like that, that tiger's presence was ever looming over this. Cause they show him a ton and yeah. we never get the sound. He's such a, they're always like, oh, he's such a driving, driving force, driving influence to my game. Yeah. He's the reason why. Like you're right, he's just like a th- this this like giant shadow. <laughs> I think if, and I don't mean to wrap up covering the episode, but the episode, you know, it was fun to relive Rory winning winning this tournament because I forgot how big of a lead it was, and I forgot that it was rain delayed and all that and everything going into Sunday. But, like, in Season 2, if a PGA Tour Live thing happens, even if it's a retroactive, they get Phil or they get Tiger to talk about that. I feel like that would be awesome. I think it probably is fine they didn't cover the President's Cup because the President's Cup wasn't that close this year. And probably they want to save the first international event for the Ryder Cup. You got to think that season two, the last episode is is the Ryder Cup, right? It, it, I mean, it's it has to be. <laughs> it's that or it's that or PGA Tour Live, like whatever. Yeah. If that comes to fruition, like that's how they get to ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I like to see him cover, like do a whole match play episode, or like that could be like the that could be the season premiere. 
is the match play. Just have like check in with the guys that talked last year and introduce some new dudes, introduce Max Homa, introduce John Rahm and, you know, insert different players here that want to do it and do the match play for that. And like really show the drama and then bookend it with the Ryder cup. You start and finish with match play and really show when golf gets that gritty and that intense. Yeah. I mean, that would be a great season two. Yeah. Cause like I keep mentioning it with drive to survive, but like season two starts off with them explaining like, Oh yeah, if you win, you get 25 points and all that kind of stuff. And it, it does cover like rate. Like it, there are some that are still focused on one guy or one team, but there are some that are just focused on a race or an event that happened. And like really the only, like it's hard with golf because there's so many events, there's so many players to do that. And that that's the difference between the two sports. Right. But there, like there are those moments like Augusta feels like one that you could really just have the full weekend there. You could start it with Tony Finau, like talking about how he, the first time he went there, he's like, Oh yeah, I couldn't park here. Cause I'm not a past champion. I hope, I hope I see you next year kind of thing. And it finishes with Scotty Scheffler handing the green jacket to, you know, this guy, whoever it is, whoever wins this year yeah, and all that stuff. Like it feels like that, but also the personal narratives, you get those human moments. So it's like, there really is a fine line that they're walking and what they were able to do, I think was great. And there's a lot to build off of. Yeah, they really do. They give a great mix of, sports to family to personality to history like the 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 overall dynamic was just i thought i thought it was very well balanced i think so too is there anyone i mentioned homa and rom are those guys you want to hear from or are there anybody else that you'd like to hear from in a season two or you wish you could have heard of in season one I'd like to see where Brooks ends up because there's rumblings that he's not happy at live and he, he, he wants to come back to the yeah. tour. So that would be something cool. Uh, obviously like Homa and, and Rom because they're, they're just awesome players. Rom, I have to I feel like the episode wrote itself of Daniel Rappaport, yeah. who's featured on, on this show, even tweets out of like Rom had the temper tantrums and all this. And he learned how to control it. And now is winning every tournament he starts in. That's the whole episode. Just show me yeah. that. I used to like talk about this in majors to my family and whoever would listen. Of this guy looks like he is one bad shot away from snapping his caddy over his knee, like Bane <laughs> does to Batman. <laughs> and now he's he, just, he 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 was very winning. Terrell Hatton, and now he's much more Vijay Singh. Wow, what a comparison! <laughs> and you said you weren't old enough for Ian Poulter. yeah um i also i'd also like to hear from xander shoffley i think he's a really interesting character that they can bring out yeah he has such a good story with his dad and the olympics and stuff like that like yeah yeah that's a good point the olympics i think too this announced pga lpga that's a way you could spin it off and do an lpga tour one or even just like a quarter sisters and throw in their tennis playing brother like the quarter family like, do a yeah, fucking the, miniseries on them. That'd be awesome. Yeah, the penultimate fucking athlete family. Yeah. Dad was even dad was even a Olympic yeah, athlete, right? Yeah, he's a Grand Slam tennis player. 
which I'm literally, I'm watching the Australian Open working late, like a month ago. And I like see like, oh, Corda. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's related. He kind of looks like them. Like maybe he's a cousin. It's a brother. I find out the yeah. dad's won like three or four majors, like tennis majors, not golf majors. But still, like, what a family. That's huge. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> and apparently the brother was like a really good junior golfer and just was like, fuck it, I'm playing tennis. Yeah. Not to really lean into the Silver Spoon families, country I know, club right? rats, but still, oh, no. still, you're that good at two sports. You're doing a lot like, better than a lot of us. And talking about people I'd want to hear from, like, I would have loved to hear more from Phil if they're, if he is on season two. But, man, he's really done – he's really sullied his name lately to yeah. where I'm just like, you know what? I don't even want to hear from him now. Well, so that brings – that that circles back to the live PGA Tour conversation. And they ask Rory about the changes the tour is going to make for 2023. And they're saying, well, would this have happened without Liv? And Rory, as he always does, answers so honestly of, I don't know. The answer is probably no. And that, yes, Liv is the reason why the PGA Tour has the elevated events. And that's why so many guys played at Riviera last week or will play in these tournaments. And the problem, circling back to Phil, is like, Guys like Phil and Greg Norman are, like, taking victory laps. And it's like, yeah, it's because of you, but also, shut up. We don't need you, like, because you took $200 million from the Saudis to be like, yeah, we yeah we fucking did it, guys. We really did. Like, there probably was a different avenue to take than, like, as Phil said, these scary motherfuckers. And all yeah. that kind of stuff. His exact words. Yeah, his exact words. Yeah, they're scary motherfuckers about them killing journalists. And that's just the tip of the iceberg of the humanitarian crimes they've committed. <laughs> and that's the second episode of season two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. It just turns into making a murderer. How did Phil Mickelson <laughs> get? How did Phil Mickelson die? <laughs> it just ends with him on a milk carton. Yeah. Missing. Lefty Bones. It's just following Bones. That's season two. That is one that I was surprised. Like, they only had Amanda Renner on from the broadcast crew. Would you want to hear, like, Nance or, like, Nick Faldo signed off and he retired? But, like, would you have wanted to hear from him to, like, put in his input on the season? Or would you want to hear from him in season two? I'm not, like, a big fan of people from the past commenting on people now like football always puts a bad taste in my mouth because yeah they're just salivating to be like back in my day back yeah, when yeah. i was on the, like the johnny so, miller of it all oh yeah johnny miller dude jesus christ yeah. thank god he's gone yeah, yeah, yeah. like for such a great golfer and such a good story read his book like just a great but like god damn shut up yeah <laughs> we we know you shot 63 in the u.s open we understand that. yeah you don't need to say it every single sunday <laughs> But I think everyone loves Jim Nance, so like I'd love to hear from Jim Nance, but definitely not Faldo. Faldo and his squares can fucking go to hell. <laughs> I thought it was interesting they showed Smiley Kaufman in the Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth thing. Yeah. And now he's on did. the broadcast, and, and he was nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean, he was just uh, not winning. Most. That's one that I feel like they could have they pulled from. Like, I, I get it. 
excuse me. Wow. I get it. You don't want to like pull too. You want to hear more from the golfers than you do the journalists and everything. But I don't know. There are other personalities that I'd like to hear from. They can help paint that picture several different ways. Yeah. And yeah, I, again, all of these criticisms are coming from a place of love. We both loved the series. It's just with now five seasons of Drive to Survive, I want to see five seasons of Full Swing. Yeah. And for, f- for everyone in the audience uh, who doesn't know, Jordy uh, went out and got a car bed. <laughs> <laughs> I've not made that purchase yet. I did build a crib last weekend. That was a first fatherly thing. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, was there a better name for this documentary than Full no. Swing? No, it was awesome. Great I got to say, the Spanish language version, I think it should have been the English language name. You know what it was? What was it? El Swing Perfecto. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's way better. That's way better. Sure. <laughs> way better. I mean... Could you imagine that? Yeah, I watched I watched Perfecto the other day. It's just fucking. Fantastic. I, want, I want the Phillies. Uh, I want the Phillies um, and Eagles Spanish announcer Ricky. What's his name? Oh yeah, that guy. I, I'm gonna fuck his name up. I know who you're talking about though. I want him to say it. El swing Perfecto. But yeah, I mean, imagine Rom popping up. I mean. Not to and then, really dive and then in. Have the Victor Hovlands and shit like that. Oh yeah, Hovland! What a good call. You need Victor yeah, but, Hovland. Yeah, because he seems like a character. He absolutely is a character, especially in a Ryder Cup year. Like, yeah. You need to have him. You need to have Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, and people are just gonna be like, "Where did he go?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. Um, I wonder if they'll do a Bryson episode. That's a good call because he's still in live, right? And allegedly, yeah. Brooks Kepka came out the other day saying that he and Bryson are speak every other day and all that. But mm-hmm. and they and they showed Will Zaltoris. Yeah, he's a good one. He's one like they he, should show. He would be a great story because then he broke through. Is he? He still hasn't won, right? If he wins this year, I feel like that's a lock that he comes in. Yeah. Especially Did if he, he wins win a major. Something? He won something. I'm looking this he? up. If he's won an event, no, he, you're right. He has. He won. Um, he won a playoff event, didn't he? He won the crazy off the wall playoff event. Yeah. 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 He okay. won the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Yeah, the first playoff event. Yeah. Yeah, against Sepp Straka. That's what it was. But like uh, maybe like a Cam Smith episode. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I mean, it depends on how much live stuff they show. There'll be a Tom Kim episode. (laughs) Yes, that would be awesome. I mean, that's one thing that they couldn't that they could have showed with the President's Cup is like the characters who now are guys that we like to talk about, or like Sun J M. Obviously, he was around before then, but like he's a cool like he's an interesting character. Hideki, like these different guys, like they dove into to the non English speakers with like having. Um, meet a prayer's wife speaking solely in Spanish and stuff like that. So like really that barrier has already been broken of having guys and so, you know, that don't need their translator or just speak solely in their native language. Like bring those guys on. Apparently Hideki Matsuyama yeah. is like one of the funniest guys on tour. I'd love to hear from him. 
Just need to just get your subtitles ready. I mean, even even still, like that'd be awesome. And just to oh. see his caddy bow again at the at the Masters from a couple years ago. Uh, I know that was that was class act, class act, real class act, real class act. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot a lot they can go to. I really do hope, kind of on your same point of Cam Smith or Bryson, maybe we don't need a whole episode on him, but at least so we can cover the T gate. Patrick yeah, because you because you because you know Bryson will blab. He'll give you a lot. Yeah, Bryson will give you a lot. I mean, it would just be such an interesting Bryson specifically. The Patrick Reed T gate. At least we're gonna get at least get it from Rory's side. You have to feel like, but Bryson like explaining all the, like the weird physics bullshit and him trying to do the world long drive stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, maybe this needs to be like twenty episodes. We can have like enough live content. Netflix, if you're listening to this, Jordy and I, we're we're ready to go. Yeah, you need yeah and, bring us on as producers, producers, <laughs> writers. Apparently, all the sports are scripted, so I, I'm happy to help write a script. As long as like you can throw in a Phillies World Series, I'm I'm happy to make that deal. <laughs> I'll take five thousand more Union MLS Cup losses for a Phillies World Series title. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, man. I just really appreciate you always having me on the show, and I look forward to the the next episode when I get to contribute and uh, let let your audience uh hear all of my filliness with my my phones and hoagies <laughs> and your water drink some water in my water go birds go birds well you go came on birds. for the nl east preview and the phillies went to the world series so i feel like that might be the next time we hear from you yes oh that would be amazing <laughs> all right well thank you again and thank you all for listening make sure you subscribe to the podcast the bullpen cart wherever you get your pods Thunder BLG on Twitter, or no, Thunder uh, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram. But for my man, Sean Coleman, I am Jordy Cannell. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf and survive the cold. El swing perfecto. <laughs>